Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 136. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are You Doing This Week? So I'm jumping straight in. I have got a great guest for you today. You know, one of the things I love about doing the podcast is that 
I get to learn from people. And I particularly like it when it's a subject or it's a conversation where I don't know, or it's different to how I think, or I learn something new, because it's just really nice to have that opportunity to be the stupid person in the room, asking the questions and really kind of getting something new. So I love it. Now, when I saw, well, when I was approached, I should say, for today's uh, podcast guest, I I looked at what she was saying and I looked at what she wanted to talk about and it kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go so far as they triggered me because it wasn't that bad, but it did make me go, oh, okay, because her leading title was Why You Don't Need Lead Magnets, right? And if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know I am a big fan of a lead magnet. So I was like, you know, almost a little bit defensive, a little bit like, come on then, what what are you saying? What's this about? <laughs> and I decided that I needed to interview her. I needed to have a conversation with her and find out what her strategy was and why she did it. And also, like, as the interview went on, other things kept coming up. And it was almost like, take everything I've ever told you and turn it on its head. Like, seriously, it was kind of crazy, brilliant, amazing, funny, like all at once. So obviously we have particular strategies for doing things. And I have the kind of lead magnet way and the loving them with the emails and talking about the customer, not about yourself. And that's the way, obviously, I tend to work. But I love it when someone shows me something different or does something different. And what I love even more is that she's got results to prove it. So what I think you're going to get from this episode is that it's not a one size fits all. It never, ever is. In fact, if you're on my email list, you know, I had a little rant about this not so long ago. And the fact of it really bothers me when someone is an expert because they got good at that one thing. Like, so for instance, it's like someone who just does Instagram and teaches Instagram because their own account was really successful. And it's like, that's cool. That's brilliant. And if you wanted to be just like them in their industry with their customers, they are the perfect person to teach you that. However, if you're in a different industry, different customers, different business, then who says that's going to work? So the one size fits all is really kind of it does frustrate me in the sense of I have got like a whole host of tools and tactics and strategies that I have used for years on different things. And some things will work really well and others not so much. And what we talk about in this episode is her strategies and her tactics are very much geared to people who run marketing agencies, freelance consultants, those sorts of people who are trying to get clients to work with. So the done for you service. So if you have a done for you, i.e. you do someone's Facebook ads or you do someone's social media, then this episode is gold. It's so good. And there's so much good stuff in there. But also if you're not from that industry, then just still listen, just still listen to the fact of like, this is a different approach, a different way of doing things. And I love how we get on. We I had a scream and obviously I'd never met her before. She was great fun. And, and it was a really, really good episode to record. We both really enjoyed it because it was almost like this really friendly sparring. She would say something, I'd be like, hang on a minute here. You know, you can't go telling them that type thing um, because it was different to maybe what I say. But but different horses for different courses, you know what I mean? So your business might work brilliantly doing what she said, or it might work brilliantly doing what I say. 
but for me, this is a perfect timing in terms of, like I said, I, you know, I see lots of other groups. I see lots of other people. I see lots of other conversations. I follow lots of people and I see people trying to like give the same advice and telling everybody, just put your prices up or just do this or just do that. And it's like, it doesn't always work like that. Like one of the reasons I love doing the 90 day program so much is that I get into to your business. I get to understand who you are. And then I can give you proper advice based on years and years of marketing experience. Not here's the cookie cutter approach. This worked for me and therefore this is going to work for you. It, there's so many different things. What stage of the business are you at? What, you know, experience do you have? Who have you worked with? What do you love doing? I remember talking to someone who was on the 90 day program once who had, who'd taken some, well, had been given some advice from another expert who had said, don't waste your time doing meetings. Don't waste your time having clients do a one-to-many thing. And I said to her, what do you like to do? And she's like, I love going to meet clients. I love chatting with them. I love dealing with clients. And I'm like, well, obviously that one-to-many thing is not for you then. So carry on doing what you're doing. Obviously make it profitable. Obviously make sure that you have a constant sort of feed of people coming into that funnel. But if that's what you like, that's what you should do. But this other expert who who didn't know her as much or didn't know that that's what she actually liked was like, no, waste your money, waste your time, waste the, you know, really kind of, you know, almost sort of belittled the thing that she liked or wanted to do. And it's like, just because that fits for me or someone else does not mean that it's going to fit for you. So, like I said, you know, it's, I didn't mean to go into a little bit of a rant here, but it, it was just so perfect that I recorded this episode that was a really kind of not against what I teach at all. It was just another viewpoint and it was a really interesting viewpoint. And when I sent my kind of slightly ranty email out to everyone the other week in my list, I decided to list all the industries that I'd worked with. So I'd, I'd kind of talked about the fact of, well, one, I said I don't normally sit, well, sorry, I normally sit on the fence about stuff like this because I don't like to rock the boat. But I was just so passionate about this that I was sort of saying, you know, that, like I said, you know, if they've only had proven results in their own business, in their own industry, it's really hard for them to say, I know how to market your business. So I listed who I've worked with, right? And these are companies that I have physically done their marketing for. These aren't people who I've just stood in a room and taught or they've been a member of the academy. These are actual businesses over my 16 years where I have gone and understood their business and, and explained to them what they need to do. And in most cases, I've done it for them. So I have marketed cars, chicken, medical supplies, clothing, banking, personal trainers, consultants, musicians, coaches, beauty products, childcare services, telescopic slides. Yeah, who knew they need marketing? Vehicle conversions, food festivals, military museums, fire doors. That was sexy. Uh, gin, training programs, gift shop, renewable energy, tourist attractions, and some. Like, seriously, that's where I get my experience from. It's from having all of those different businesses ask me, how do we market our business? And me having to work it out and find it out and testing things and, and doing one thing in one business, which works amazingly and something else that doesn't, you know what I mean? It's, it's through that experience. Anyway, I didn't mean to go on that little rant. Uh, if you're not on my email list, head over to the website, com. get on the email list. It'd be great to see you over there. 
and I better get on with today's interview. So today's interview is with the lovely Jennifer, who is CEO and founder of a high vibe Facebook ads squad. She's helped hundreds of businesses generate millions of dollars on Facebook and Instagram and seen a thousand percent plus return on their ad campaigns. Her all-female team enjoys crunching data and helping women-owned businesses, making tons of money, and smashing the patriarchy. Jennifer has been featured in Forbes, listed as one of top Facebook ads manager to watch in 2019, and has an inspiring story about how she escaped domestic violence, left a successful company that she co-founded, and started her own all-female agency. I hope you enjoy it. Here she is. So I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, Jennifer Spivak. Jennifer, lovely to meet you. How are you doing? I am doing amazingly. Lovely to meet you as well. Good, good stuff. And we were just chatting that Jennifer's in New York and I'm in rural Shropshire, so we couldn't probably be two opposite places if we tried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, and is, the, is it nice weather in New York at the moment? We're, we're recording this it in is, September. It is beautiful. No, it is like like breezy but still like cool weather on the weekends like I'm living my best life right now in this moment oh nice nice well we're even though it's summer here in the UK we're having we had an early nice summer but now it's like no we're done we're done let's bring back the rain I know so sad so So, Jennifer for my audience if you can tell them let's just kick off with a little bit about who you are and why you got doing what you're doing today yeah So um, I own an all-female Facebook and Instagram advertising agency. We work primarily with other women entrepreneurs. Um, And, you know, something I find myself saying a lot is, yes, we're an ad agency, but that isn't the point, right? That's like, that's the means to the end of putting more money in the hands of more women. That's actually what's behind everything that we do. It's why I have an all-female team. It's why we mostly do work with other women entrepreneurs. And it's also why we donate a percentage of everything that we make to an organization that helps survivors of domestic violence achieve financial autonomy and independence through entrepreneurship and um, other aspects of their program. So money for more women is the goal and it's behind everything. I love it. I love it. And actually, I think you're probably one of the first people I've interviewed. I've, I've interviewed people that have, who are very... I'm going to try and say philanthropic, that's the right word, isn't it? That do give money, but not in the sense of it's a structured thing. Yeah. So two two questions really first. Why women? And then why that charity? Why not women? I mean, isn't it like, I'm okay, let me try and not post right now. Like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> right? You're about like, to take me down. <laughs> right? But like, isn't it our time? Like, come on, you know? And yeah. and. I I don't know. I kind of have this experience of just like the world and the planet that there is a incredibly large amount of unfulfilled women like walking around in our world. Now, money is certainly not the only path to making people more fulfilled, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not saying that. But when somebody is able to, you know, and you you would you would know about this too, right? Like entrepreneurship is potentially one of the most fulfilling things in the world. I think mm-hmm. you get to create your own life, your own story, your own schedule, your own everything, and then to be able to be successful in that, which is the money coming back to you, mm-hmm. like gives you control and autonomy over your life. And I believe that when you feel you have control and autonomy over your life, that is what creates fulfillment. And so, on a really macro level, we need this. And I'm gonna like 
do my part to create it in my own small mm. way through a skill that I happen to have, which is Facebook ads. Yeah, yeah. That, and I think one thing that's really interesting with this is there's not only historically women have played a very different role and we had very different careers and very different looking lives and that sort of thing, but also the money thing in particular is really interesting in the yeah. fact of I've always, you know, when I was with my ex-husband, I've always earned a good amount of money and more than he has. Mm-hmm. And and that is a really sensitive subject. In fact, it's so sensitive, I was like, oh, I've just said that out loud on the podcast. But <laughs> it is not only for us, but males in our lives. And also yeah. almost as if like, we shouldn't, it, that we're, the breadwinner is the man. And it's a ridiculous concept that we're still that is still around, but, but it is, you know, that is still my parents' generation and, and other people's generations and, and some people today, that's still the, what they think. So even getting that confidence around, no, this is okay. This isn't about that's your role and you should sit in that and earn that and whatever. It is a case of you can do and be anything that you want to be. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, one small thing inside of that, that I always feel really passionate about is I am incredibly vocal with my family, my friends in my online world with like about how much money I'm making. I actually think it's really, and look to each their own, right? I'm not saying anyone has to, um, but for me, that feels like a really good way of saying, Hey y'all, this is okay. Like watch me, look at me, let me be like the North star of like we can have desires yeah. <laughs> right around all things, but money and growth and our own like personal journeys. And um, yeah, I just, I, I really look to like be that example yeah. as much as possible. And that's the other thing as well, that people in general, but particularly women, they don't want to have that money conversation. Like I am really open and I do, um, I have programs that, that obviously I work with business owners and, and there's one program that I have, which is a 90 day program, much more in depth, much more kind of, you know, you're making a shift. This is going to move you. And one of the questions I get them to fill in this big, long questionnaire, which is a pain, but it's important. And there are probably two or three questions actually in there that are directly asked on the money question. Literally, how much do you charge? What do you earn? What do you spend? And it's like, and I know for some of them, having to write that down makes them feel really uncomfortable. And it's like, there's no judgment. I'm not here to go, oh, is that all? Oh, wow. It's, it's, I need to understand these things in order to help you move forward. And you know what? Inevitably, like there's a lady that I just started working with uh, on the last 90 day, her, what she's charging literally makes me want to weep like it's ridiculous and and it's having that confidence to go no do you know how good you are and what you're offering you should be charging more than this and I'm not always about the straight put your prices up it's that's not always the case but I do think particularly with women there is an element of oh well uh, you know kind of don't want to go and take that step or be that kind of brave about it so yeah I love that I love that so Tell me about the charity. Why, why was it? Because like, like, weirdly, I've not had many people or not had the experience of many people that do this. So what wanted to, why did you want to do this? So many reasons. So, so um, this was maybe, I don't know, three years ago. <laughs> and I literally thought to myself, 
I want to be, you know, we were, the business was growing. We were making more money. I knew that having a philanthropic angle was always going to be a part of the business. We were getting to mm-hmm. a place where I was able to make like decent sized contributions. And so I thought to myself, I really want to be able to do work specifically with the financial aspect of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, there's nothing out there like that. I guess I have to create a charity. Like that was literally the conversation. Like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to create a nonprofit. I don't have time, but I guess I have to. And I, I, you know, I said, let me just Google, right? I'm sure there's nothing this specific out there. That doesn't make sense. I know this space really well. And, you know, first Google search, this organization called Free From comes up. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. It's like I created this in my mind. It is. And so they are a, you know, small, all things considering nonprofit um, based in Los Angeles. And their 100% focus is the financial aspect of domestic violence, which by the way, the stat is that something like it's present in 97% of domestic violence relationships. And yet most people don't even know what financial abuse is. And so what this particular organization works to do is um, really address it from all angles. So they help survivors actually recoup costs of being in an abusive relationship, you wow. know, medical expenses, lost wages, um, even like, you know, needing to go to therapy. So really like financial justice, which is powerful. Yeah. And then they also really focus on the like, what's next piece. So a lot of the domestic mm-hmm. violence organizations that exist that do amazing life-saving work are about, okay, you're not at risk of dying now. Like, bye. And it creates this cycle of like, now what, especially if, Mm. you know, let's just say the woman has been in this relationship since she was young, she didn't go to college, she doesn't have a job. Like, how does she not end up back in that relationship or another relationship? So free from also works to financially empower them going forward. Um, And they have a specific program that I love, which is really helping some of their survivors become entrepreneurs. Mm. And God, like nothing could be more aligned for me. Yeah, um, and so perfect. I, yeah, I reached out and I emailed them and they were like, oh, you want to make a donation? I was like, no, you don't understand. Like I'm part of your team now and yeah. you know, <laughs> you're not getting it, you know? And, and Sonia, who's the woman who runs it, who is the greatest woman on the planet, you know, will sometimes say, you know, oh, thank you for doing X, Y, Z. And I'm like, stop thanking me. Like where, yeah. this is a together thing. So. That's amazing. And you know what was, this is so funny how things align and things come into your world at certain points. I had a conversation with a new member the other day who has written a book about domestic abuse because she was in a, in a relationship where it happened and hers was, um, I think, focused more on kind of the mental abuse that she received. And one of the things that she wasn't allowed to do was have a job because mm-hmm. of the fact that mm-hmm. the control and the financial yeah. control and, and actually she ended up doing what I think her words that she described as this little business on the side, just something. But what it meant for her was it started to, obviously, I guess her husband at the time didn't realise that it was making her any money. And obviously he was happy because she was at home and not really doing or not being out and not having a job. But what it was doing for her was enabling her to get some kind of financial freedom and start building a bit of a buffer in terms of some money to then take that move to leave yes. and to, because I guess that's one of the biggest things that if you're sat there going, I haven't got any money, I haven't got a house, I, what the hell am I going to do? Absolutely. What, Absolutely. what do you do? 
Yeah. And, and, you know, the reason I'm so passionate about this cause is I also was in an abusive relationship in my early twenties and I didn't know it at the time. You know, I was lucky in a way in that I did have a job and I did have some access to money. Um, you know, I was in college at the time. I think I had gotten like, you know, a $2,000 scholarship or something. And I was able to put that away without knowing. And, you know, at the time, right, I'm just going through the motions, like trying to like literally save my life. But, yeah. you know, the more education, because, you know, for me, anytime I'm in a bad situation, like I can't help it. My brain is immediately like, oh, we're safe now. What was I supposed to learn from that? I'm supposed to become an advocate. Yeah. This, Like what's next? <laughs> like that's just how it works. Yeah. So like the second I was out, I was like, I'm volunteering. I'm learning about this. I'm like getting really involved. And it became so clear that all things considering my experience of leaving was like mm. rather seamless because I had access to money. Yeah. And I just remember thinking that sounds like a bunch of BS that mm. there could be somebody else. And there is at this moment in any moment, somebody mm. else in my exact situation, which was so horrible living in for yeah. even though it's a year for me that can't, that literally yeah. cannot, but their choice, if they want to leave and not live in the nightmare that they probably live in is like going to a shelter. Mm. And I just said, mm -mm, nope, this cannot stand. So um, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's why I, I, I love this work so much. That's awesome. So awesome. And like you said, I think, I think for me, what's interesting about this new member, she's now she has been since that day pretty much had her own business and has a really successful business now and has a new relationship and she's written books about it and she's you know and and that was her turning point her business yeah how small it seemed to her at the time it felt like from what she was saying to me she may agree or disagree but what she was saying to me I was like that's that bit that made you go actually and, and start taking those steps, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And that, I mean, that's what we were saying. You know, that's what I was saying earlier, right? Like think about all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, I can create my own life, right? And I think mm. like through entrepreneurship, we can get little glimpses of that. Like it is creating something from nothing. Yeah. And if that's possible, where does it end, right? Yeah. Can I create yeah. something from nothing at all the levels in my life? And if that's true, hold on, maybe this situation isn't for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. Brilliant stuff. So obviously you help business owners create Facebook ads and use Instagram and basically promote their businesses through social media. But one of the things that you're particularly good at, and one of the things you're very passionate about is having a really good ad funnel. And I'm going to, I said to the minute we got on the call that I think some of the stuff I say is very different to what Jennifer's going to say, but I love this because there is no right or wrong. And there's no, just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody and vice versa. But also, why not try a different way? You know, so I am personally very interested to hear your three-step funnel and see how you go about converting people. Because one of the claims you make is without lead magnets. And I am a big lead magnet fan. My listeners are going to be like, oh, like at the end of the she had her on and she doesn't like lead magnets because Teresa loves them and I do love them but I am fascinated to hear this uh this funnel and how it works and the success you've had with it so do you want to kick off and just explain what the funnel is first yes and let me just preface all of this with okay 
Um, we have plenty of clients that we do use lead magnets with. This is definitely yeah. not a like call to like never use lead yeah. magnets, right? And, and with lead magnets, right? Like not, not at all. And I also think that goes back to exactly what you said. Like I, I don't ever subscribe to the style of marketing. That's like lead magnets are dead. You should only be doing this. And mm. like, no, no matter what I say, please test everything for your own business. That's how we absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, the funnel that I discovered uh, is actually something that I originally figured out a little accidentally, like back-ended into it. And it's for my own agency lead gen. So first I was using it for myself. Now we're starting to use it for other people. And I do believe very strongly that its main implications are for done for you service businesses. So not necessarily coaches. And the reason why is that done for you buyers behave differently. So I, for years, have been trying to crack my own online marketing. My business grew for years and years through word of mouth and referrals, which is awesome, but you you lose control of your own growth. And that drove me bonkers. (laughs) It literally like infuriated me all the time. Like, I want to be in charge. I want to be in control. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I was doing all of my marketing the way that coaches do their marketing, because that was really what was out there in terms of the training, right? You have a lead magnet, you have a webinar, you do this, you do that. And I kept saying, you know, do like, I think about my clients, like, would they ever watch a webinar on Facebook? Like they don't want to know anything about Facebook. Zero, right? Like they really just, they're a different type of buyer. They don't want to learn. They don't want to sit through a training. They mm-hmm. want the right offer at the right time with the right person. And that's it. They're a done for you buyer. They don't need all the upfront nurture and education. And so yeah. when I realized that, and I realized that, okay, I've been spending all this money to list build for years and I had some success with that. It wasn't like it was nothing, but it wasn't the system that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I wanted the system that I could say, I know if I spend X, I'm going to make Y. That's what we mm-hmm. build for clients. I wanted it for myself. So on a whim, I said, I don't know. I mean, this technically goes against all the rules, but what if I start sending ads to totally cold traffic just to book a call with me? Like technically this shouldn't work. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. Let me try. I'll put it at $10 a day. No big deal. I forgot about it, which is the best thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> because otherwise I would have done what all Facebook ads managers do, which is start tinkering with it and testing it and t- touching yeah. too many buttons. Yeah. But I really just forgot about it for a couple of weeks. And I noticed that I was starting to get, you know, calls booked that weren't referrals. I didn't really know where they were coming from. And, you know, at some point I went back and I looked and I said, oh my God, like this thing is actually working. So basically the whole system is it's a really good, strong, simple ad. I think an important yeah. piece of this is that we don't get too creative. I've tested a couple of different headlines that where I try to get really creative. And yeah. the only one that ever converts is done for you Facebook ads. I'm serious. Like anytime I've tried to be like more cute with it, like emojis. Yeah. Nope, not no. into it. So it's like, hello, this is what this is. And this is who I am. Like that's yeah. it. I send that totally cold traffic to a really beautiful, robust landing page that I guess is almost yeah. like a page in and of itself for me and my agency. So, yeah. you know, it's got all the right messaging Um, you know, really great photos and visuals, a little bit about our process, who we work with, a great video, all that good stuff. 
Um, and from there, people immediately go to the booking page. Now I have, this is a one small piece that's important. We have an application form that does an excellent job of deterring the wrong people. Because the fact right. of the matter is, Facebook ads, you're going to get a mixed bag. Yep. Let's plan for that, right? Like when clients are like, well, how do we, you know, do perfect targeting? I'm like, well, there's no such thing. So let's plan accordingly. It's not going to happen. So so I really have a lot of almost like checkpoints, even though it's Mm -hmm. just ad landing page, booking page, right? It's very simple. There's still a lot of checkpoints of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're not this, this may not be for you. Whoa, Mm -hmm. whoa, whoa. This is how much we charge every month. And this is our minimum ad spend. Um, so I price qualify multiple times, like when other people right. look at it, they're like, that feels like a lot. And I'm like, people didn't read it when it was once people didn't read it when it was twice. But once I finally added a third price yeah. qualifier, people mostly got it. So people, yeah. you know, looking through that form and then there's even more fun. Right. And so I feel like most people think that once the, the call is booked, it's done. Right. Then they just rely on like the automatic call reminders. Nope. We yeah. take it to another level. I have got this amazing email sequence that starts delivering once somebody books and it's just straight, like building credibility, building no like, and trust further qualifying people. And I've had some people respond to those emails and say, you know what? I realize I'm not ready and I'm going to cancel the call. And what a miracle that is. Perfect. It's amazing. Right. And so that's that like anecdotal evidence that this is doing the right thing. And in addition to these ongoing emails that run, uh, I kind of create a similar experience with retargeting ads that are also just straight education, content, building credibility, building no like and trust. And above all else, and this is one thing that I've noticed I do a little bit differently from other people. Um, I like people really get a sense of who I am, really, really. Yeah. And this is beyond in quotations, personal brand, because I believe that that can often actually be rather manufactured, right? Mm -hmm. Like even just like, let's figure out my personal brand. I just exist as myself. I actually don't know any other way. Like it's either Mm -hmm. a flaw or a blessing. I'm not really sure. (laughs) You decide. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some people will love it. Some people not so much. And that's fine. We don't know. But so it really is what I have noticed is that the experience that gets created is competition becomes irrelevant. It is no longer, I'm shopping around for different ad agencies. It's, I love Jennifer. I'm working with Jennifer. I don't even care what she's selling. I am buying yeah. it. Yeah. And I have people show up to calls. Number one, they're almost everybody comments on the email sequence and they just go, wow, like that's so impressive. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really love that. And, and at the end of the day, people are showing up to my sales call saying things like, I didn't know you existed three days ago. And, you know, today I would like to both hire you and also be your best friend. Like, how can we? <laughs> and so that's a great way to start a sales call, right? Because yeah. it, they don't, it's not a sales call anymore. Nope. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, the whole system. It really is simple, like I said. Um, it feels good. It feels aligned. There's no false urgency. There's no pushiness. There's no sales tactics. It's just like, Mm. Hey, this is who we are. This is who I am. This is what we do. Mm. Do you want us to do it for you? And it, you know, has been wildly successful. That's amazing. So let me, I've been writing notes as you've been talking. So there's a couple of things I want to check. So your, your ad simple, you take them to a landing page, the, 
application form. How in-depth is that application form? Pretty in-depth. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know the exact number, but there's probably 10 to 15 questions on there. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's the standard stuff, right? Have you used Facebook ads before? Tell me about your business. What are your price points? Um, you know, so just the, the regular mm -hmm. stuff I need to collect. But then I have multiple different questions that aim to get at how serious somebody is. So yeah. the standard thing that everybody has, you know, been trained to do is, you know, what's your revenue? And yeah. I have found that people are just notoriously horrible at filling that out accurately in yeah. a way where it actually gives me the right information. Because for example, this is something I see sometimes, their business might be brand new, but they've got three other businesses that are, you know, seven figure businesses. So they can clearly fund working with me, but yes. they're putting down that they're under hundred K. So it's like, yeah. I found that that question in and of itself is one way to get at, is somebody a right yeah. fit? It's, it doesn't work by itself. So I also ask things like, when are you looking to begin advertising? I find that that really has a person stop and think, oh, okay, this is real. Like I'm excited yeah, yeah. to like, potentially yeah. start. Um, I ask, um, I actually specifically state, this is our pricing and this is our minimum ad spend. Please type, got it to confirm you understand. Because when it was a checkbox, it wasn't the same thing, right? I actually no. make people like affirm through yes. typing. I that get this, understand. yeah. And what's so cool is that sometimes I've seen people write like, got it. Oh my God, that was scary to write, wow. And I'm like, people are having transformational experiences freaking yeah. filling out an application. Like it's up-leveling them just by filling it out. Like they're saying, wow, that was scary. But you're right, but I can do this. Yeah. How cool. And um, my favorite is there's a uh, box you have to check at the very bottom that says, We don't work with douchebags. Please check here to confirm <laughs> you're not a douchebag. I love it. <laughs> that is brilliant. So, could I just want to like say a couple of things? Because I know if, if you are, if you're listening to this and you're like, Gosh, that sounds a lot, right? This is done on purpose. Obviously, Jennifer is, is trying to attract a certain type of customer, certain audience. And if you can't be bothered to go through that application process, then they're not the right customer for you. So I, I don't want people listening to thinking, well, that might put people off. Well, good, because it's they're right. not yeah. the right people. Exactly. And making it so explicit about the finance. Because the other thing, um, actually, I didn't mention that we do have a lot of sort of freelancers. We have lots of social media managers that offer that Which as a service. Perfect for, by the way. Perfect. And I know a lot of them, I've had conversations with the past, and I remember feeling like this when I started, was like, you would give your price to someone and they'd go, oh no, too, too, yes. too expensive. And you'd go, oh, okay. Uh, uh -huh. And then you just instantly lower it because of the, I need this work. Yeah. Whereas there is something about that confidence of going, this is yeah. what we charge. Please confirm that you can afford it or that this is where you want to pay. The other thing is, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I'm sure you would have done this experience as well when you first started was, so someone will say to you, uh, I'm thinking about using your services. Can we have a coffee? Right. And then I went and met them for a coffee. I have a real example of a lady who I met for a coffee. Three hours <laughs> later, Teresa has spilt her entire brain onto the table, written her a strategy virtually, told her all the things she needs to do because I'm excited about this stuff. I love this stuff. And I can see so many opportunities for her. Yeah. And then not only have I driven to, to meet her, so that's probably like 
30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I met her for three hours, three hours. My time management was appalling. And then I've driven back for 30 minutes. That's four hours. Then I get back to the office and I write up a proposal, which probably takes me another two hours. And then I email at her and she doesn't get back to me. And I email her again and she doesn't get back to me. She, yeah. And so I've probably spent like another 10, 15 minutes on that for her mm-hmm. to come back and go, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't afford you. Yep. Like what a waste yep. of time. Exactly. And why are we so freaking afraid of having boundaries around mm. how we prospect and do lead gen and sales calls? Like I have no problem reaching out to somebody that has booked with me and said, Hey, I think based on your questions where like, you're not ready yet. Um, yeah. So I'm going to cancel the call. Let me know if you want a referral to somebody else. My calls are 30 minutes. I don't play. They are 30 minutes. I am not driving anywhere to anybody. I am not putting on pants for a sales call. That is simply unacceptable. We are not doing that over here. Um, And I also don't do a lot of like jumping through hoops. Um, On the rare occasion that somebody's like, oh, can I see, you know, examples of this? And can you mock up this? And can you say, no, no, I really cannot because that's not how I do sales. Um, I connect with people that know instantly that I'm their person and that's that. And so why would I do all of that extra work? Those people are the difficult people that maybe don't even want as clients, but they're also probably not going to hire us anyway. No. And you're right. Cause that's the other thing. Cause I've been in a position where I've been in a meeting with someone and thought, Oh, my gut's saying don't work with you. And unfortunately we make our fearful money mindset, get a bit scared and go, but I need the money or I want the money. And then you go, okay. And you probably take it for a bit less than you would have done. And you work with this person and it turns out to be an absolute disaster because the person who couldn't afford you, who is taking up now more of your time than they should do, their expectations are higher than they should be. And the whole thing is just an absolute pain in the neck. So, so, and I really want to get that across. And I know, I know what's going to happen. And I want you to answer this. They're going to be sat there going, but it's all right for you. They're going to be sat there thinking, well, it's okay for you. You've got a big agency now. You've got lots of clients. But it wasn't like that always, was it? It definitely wasn't. But I will say, I I came in with some pretty clear boundaries. Like I've I've gotten to, like they're, they're way more clearly defined right now. But, and look, I've definitely done exactly what you just described, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, like, like last year, right? It's not even like, oh, it was like five years ago. Like, no, right? I'm still yeah. making decisions all the time. Come on, I don't think that ever ends. Um, <laughs> but uh, I believe that there's opportunity for women, especially, because look, let's take business off the table. Women aren't usually great with boundaries. That's a yeah. thing that we tend to bump up against as well. So yeah. I think there's an opportunity no matter where you are in your business. And by the way, your boundaries and mine don't have to be the same. No. Like it's just what works for me and somebody else like may feel into it and say, okay, so this other thing feels good to me. But I think there's always room to make sure you're in charge of this process. It's your business. You are the business owner. You are the CEO, whether you've mm-hmm. stepped into that yet or not. I know a lot of times in the beginning, I'm still going through my own transition with that too, right? Of like transitioning mm-hmm. from you know, freelancer or implementer to CEO, but you are the CEO of your business if you're listening to this. Um, And so what are your non-negotiables? And you can Mm -hmm. start out, you know, with something that is not as maybe tightened or clearly defined as mine is, but set it and keep it. 
And mm. as you go, you can adjust. And and you're right. I think we, in the early days, we don't think about those non-negotiables. We don't think about what we want because we're just sat there thinking, I want the business. Yeah. But the problem is it sets you up for the biggest failure in the long run. It yeah. sets you up for clients messaging you. And I am saying this because I've done it on a Friday night saying, can we just jump on a call at seven o'clock? No, we cannot. It's Friday night. And if I haven't had three gins by then, there's something wrong, you know? So I don't want that expectation. I don't want people to think that. I want them to know from day one. And like you said, whereas people are, you know, from a sales point of view, the focus is always on getting the sale. Well, actually the focus should be on getting the right sale. Yes. And, and putting off the people that you don't want. And like you said, some people will go through your process and go, great, I love her, I want her, great. Others will go through and go, she's not for me. The same with me. You know, yeah. I am really honest. Like you said, this is, it comes to way more than just being a personal brand. It's about going, no, this yeah. is actually me. And if you like yeah. me, great. And if you don't, that's cool. But yeah. that the other thing I was going to say is, um, oh yeah, that was it. I just jumped out my head. It's back again. So the other thing that I love about what you do, and I want people to think about this really carefully, especially those freelancers and social media managers out there, you giving them a point in which they have to have for a budget for a Facebook ad is great because you know, as do all the other people listening, that if they're not willing to invest either financially, or let's say, for instance, they're taking on a social media client and they have to say, you have to provide me with X, Y, Z. If they're not doing that, and if they're not giving you the budget, you can't produce a good outcome. And if you can't produce a good outcome, you're going to have a crap feeling about that. They're going to have a crap feeling about that. And then you're going to have no testimonial and no evidence that you're good at what you do. And actually that was nothing to do with you. It was to do with, you did the best you could with a bad setup. Yeah, I mean, look, that all just connects, you know, it's the the clear boundaries, the clear vision, like really knowing what you are creating versus, oh God, I need the sale. I got to make it work for this person. Like, and look, the fact of the matter is, I don't, I think it's a rite of passage. I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to be listening to this and it, we're going to actually save them from themselves. They're going to do it anyway, because we all, we all do, yeah, right? Like, it takes time. It takes time. It's a rite of passage. So there's also yeah. a and freedom and like okay you know if you're a list don't worry yeah <laughs> we have happens. to learn yeah it happens gonna... and and the first time that it happens and it hurts that's when you go oh, okay I really get it now and so that's all good and that's fine um yeah. but uh but yeah like it it doesn't you know look it's only money right like yeah. like really really you know and I know easier said than done right but but, yeah, to a but you extent, are right to a certain extent it's true and so um, you know, long-term and then for your own like soul and sanity, it is 99% of the time better to really just focus on and, you know, clear out space for the people that aren't right so that the right people can come in. Exactly. Because if you're working with someone that's taken up your time and not much money, you're stopping yourself from getting that good client. Okay. A couple more things I want to ask you. So you said that in your email sequence, you concentrate on them because obviously you're going to a cold audience. This cold audience yeah. don't know who they are. If they go to the process and actually put in, then you're using those email sequence to warm you up at that point, which is interesting because literally this is on its head because normally we'd go, right, warm them up, then send them a leave magnet, then do this. But, you know, this is great. And I, and I love this. So the emails that you're sending them, what type of things are you putting in the emails so that they get yeah. to know you and you get their attention? 
So one thing I'll just say before I get into some of the detail is that there are some people I've been implementing this system with and they're like, but the emails have to be all about the cost of the client. That's what we're taught. I'm like, no, stop, stop. We're not doing that here, right? It really is about me. <laughs> and I think that the willingness to do that is what creates that connection. Like people know my personality before they get on the phone with me. So basically, you know, what I've kind of drilled down um, in kind of seeing, like, it's, it's interesting. I didn't create the system and then execute it. I found myself inside of it and said, oh, okay, I guess there's a system here. Now let me try yeah. and like make it a little bit more formulaic. But I found that the messaging that I use really drills down to four key buckets. Number one is your credibility. That's mm -hmm. where we're all comfortable doing marketing. We know that stuff. That's what probably 99% of your current messaging is. It's important, but by itself, it's not enough because you want to yeah. know what? There's a million other people that do exactly what you do that will have the same yep. testimonials, the same media features, the same screenshots. It's not enough. So yep. that's one piece. The second piece is personality. Mm -hmm. Now, some people start to have a little bit of this, but again, it's a little bit um, manufactured, right? So I think there's always room to like go a step further in terms of not what do you want to you know put out there in terms of your business? Who are you? Like let people actually have the opportunity to create that connection with you. Mm -hmm. That one's like the fun, the quirky, you know, it's like, I've literally spent money on an ad that is like a picture of my cat on my laptop. Like there's no call to, it's no call to action. It's my cat because I, you know, people know that I'm like a cat person. Like that's they know so that about me and they come on the call and that's something they can connect to. Right. So that's one piece. The third piece is vulnerability. Everybody gets scared here because, again, mm -hmm. they want to do the manufactured vulnerability. So yeah. there are like multiple stories and touch points throughout my funnel about, you know, my experience with domestic violence. I talk about that incredibly openly. And um, and that's going to, being realistic here, that is going to put some people, not off, but it's it, that will be yeah. uncomfortable it is. for some people to read, but also uncomfortable for some people to be that honest about something yes. in their life. Yes. And it's so funny because, you know, I, I, I am in the process now of delivering um, a beta round of a program I'm building called Million Dollar Agency that's going to teach this system to other agency owners and done-for-you service providers. And yeah. there was a lot of almost pushback around the vulnerability yeah. piece. Like they were like, this feels like telling a sad story to like make a buck. And I'm like, no, you're, you've missed right. the point. And, and I get that, right? I totally understand it. Um, but, you know, the way I framed it is that this isn't about your business or marketing actually at all. This is about the stories that you must tell because you freaking must. And oh, by the way, it's also going to help create some connection in your business that will probably lead to money. But that isn't the freaking point. I talk about my story because I have to. I have to. It is why I am on this planet, it is the work I'm supposed to do. The fact that it also helps my business is really, really cool, but it's not the point. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's vulnerability. That's, yeah. And then, so what's the last one? And then the last one is like a feel good or something around like being in contribution. So obviously for us, we have our connection with the charity. Um, yeah. I've had other clients who are like, well, it's more about like our commitment to, you know, diversity and hiring, you know, LGBTQ people and people of color. Awesome. Right. So it's the thing that makes some, that is not 
necessarily directly tied to what you do, but have somebody go, okay, on top of the fact that I trust this person, I connect with them and I think they're smart. I can also feel good about spending my money here because part of it goes to these other causes and things that are important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and again, right. And this is why I love doing the podcast. This is why I love speaking to different people who do different things. And because, because you present different things to me, because you literally, everything I talk about, you're flipping. And I can see why and how that would work. And I can especially see it like at the moment. And I think you'd agree because you've already said it's good for a done for you service. So when, if it's a knowledge industry, it's going to look different and it might not work and you might need to rethink or whatever, because obviously for, for me, I don't do calls with people. I don't get on the phone with them and therefore it's a very different process. But what is interesting is I would, and and I'm really honest here because I'm not saying I'm right or have all the answers, but I would advise, or I do say in the past, you know, it is about them. They don't care about you. But like, actually what is interesting is, is that you are, by that point, they've already decided they want the service because they've booked in for the call and they've already qualified they can afford it. So by tipping that on its head and by having that already done, there is, you don't need to talk about them anymore because they're ready to take that step. So you can talk about you and the service and, and how you are and how you work and what your passion is and that sort of thing and why they should care about working with you because like you said, normally we focus it all on them because we're trying to get the, the buy-in, you know? So when I talk about creating a sales page, I'll talk about, you know, make sure they understand that you know how they feel and what their life is like and that they can relate to the words you say and they can da 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 yeah. But actually by that point, by the fact that they've booked a call means I bought into all that. I know you know me. I know you know my business. I know you know what I'm trying to achieve. I know you can do the thing. So therefore, these emails don't need to be Correct. great. You know, let me tell you why this is important for your business. Well, I know it's important for my business yes. because I booked the bloody call. Like, yes. so I think Absolutely. that's, I think that's awesome. I really, really like that. I really like the kind of vulnerability and the, and the feel good personality. One thing I want to ask, does anybody else take the calls other than you? No. No. And I think I want to say that, and I guess that was the answer, but I wanted to make it really abundantly obvious because if people are out there thinking, well, I don't like taking calls, I don't want to do it. Well, hard luck, I'm afraid, <laughs> in the nicest sense of the word. You are doing this because it's you on the end of that phone. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a key piece to making it work. If it wasn't me, we would rework some of it. But I have chosen, even as I've grown an agency, I mean, there's 10 of us, I have chosen to remain a tremendous part of the front-facing brand, the whole onboarding process, the touch point with my clients. That is really important to me. It has, the agency has my name. Like it's, you know, Um, but you know, two things. I, I love sales calls, love sales calls, could do them all day long. Like I'm having the most fun. Um, you know, nobody can, can obviously see me right now who's listening, but I like, you know, wear these like silk robes and I just, I know, I'm just trying to work it out. Like, what are we wearing and here today? I just talk to people like so fun. But another thing that I think is relevant is quote unquote sales calls. And what I do are not necessarily the same thing. Cause you have to yeah. keep in mind everything that's happened up until when they get on the phone. Mm. Like for everyone who's listening, just imagine if your sales call started with someone saying, 
hi, I'm literally obsessed with you. I want to be your best friend. Like, wouldn't that not feel like a sales call? Wouldn't that just feel like fun and relaxed? And they know the investment. They know who you've worked with. They know your testimonials. They know about you. Like, we're literally just connecting. So I find that a lot of what people don't like about sales calls actually goes out the window a little bit with Mm. this sort of approach. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm just thinking about these emails and the personality and that sort of thing. And I want to mention that whenever I share something, so every Wednesday I email my list and I emailed a few weeks ago from when, while well, we record this, but obviously it'll be a bit more by the time you listen to this, that unfortunately my mum had passed away and I had not been around for a couple of weeks. And, you know, that actually when you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business and you're, and something dreadful happens, that's really hard going because you've got to yeah. kind of make that decision and how you manage it. And the amount of replies, the amount of stuff I got back from that, I can't even tell you. I think I spent no joke, about two or three days solidly replying to everybody because yeah. I promise that if someone emails me, I'll reply to them. And and proper replies, because people wrote the most amazing, beautiful things that I wasn't just going to go, oh, thank you so much, Teresa. You know, I wanted to be like, oh, you know, I that really appreciate what you said there or that was so kind, good advice, whatever it was. Because I I took that vulnerability to the, to the yeah. nth degree in the sense of, sharing and even though even now it's like oh I need to stop talking about this because I keep going on about that my mum died everybody knows that already but but obviously that was such a huge thing in my world at that point and and that is a lesson to learn because I'm like you have you got do you do Enneagram have you ever done an Enneagram test I'm an eight you're an eight okay I'm a three I wondered whether you were you were that's on the I think my like second one like that goes to three three but also yeah 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 so so like so I think I'm always one about taking lessons from so again for me it was like actually there's a lesson here about how do you manage it how do you then so one of the lessons that I kind of talked about at the time was how lucky I am that I'd got my team because and also someone messaged me the other day and again this was perfect a friend of mine is like how you doing now and I was like yeah you know getting slowly back to a level of normality and obviously I had to cancel I think I I I think I cancelled your call actually um and I didn't or did I? I don't know. Anyway, I had to cancel her stuff. And anyway, and um, and she actually replied saying, I bet you're so grateful for your team and scheduling. And I was like, yes, I am. Because she's yeah. like, you've been turning up every day, even though you've not been turning up every day. You know, yeah. so it's things like that, that I could take the lesson and go, actually, if you're not doing this, how would you cope if literally your world stopped and you yeah. had to go and deal with that thing? How yeah. would your business carry on? How would you continue making money? You know, for me, I have an online business and what was lovely is it carried on. So without me even being present for those few weeks that I wasn't. So, so yeah, I think the vulnerability aspect of it, I think might put some people off, but actually if they if they put them off, it, they're, they're not for you. They're not your. hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, it's like, without realizing it, um, a lot of what we are taught. And, and again, it's, it's not about, you know, my approach versus yours. Like there's definitely aspects yeah. of like my landing page copy and my ad copy that speaks to the pain point, helps them see themselves in it. Yeah. paints the picture of what's possible in the testimonial. So yes to that. And a lot of what we're taught without realizing it, it inadvertently blocks connection. Like it literally says, don't get too close. You know, here's my front facing pretty personal brand that I've manufactured, but don't get too close. That's scary. And I 
live my life as an open book. Again, mm. I don't, I don't really know any other way. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I've had multiple, multiple scenarios, even just so I know for a fact that the third email in my sequence is the one where I really get into the domestic violence story. The subject line is fighting the patriarchy one Facebook ad at a time, which is my freaking favorite subject line. Um, and people regularly respond to that email. And again, this is like they're, they're in the process of, they're in the space between having booked and getting on the phone with me. Anyone that's run Facebook ads knows you're normally dealing with, you know, people, you know, booking and forgetting about it, canceling calls, not showing up. And I'm instead having people respond and going, this was so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this. And I'm uh, looking for, forward to yes, speaking to you. You know, exactly. they're not going to cancel on you, are they? Right. And I get a lot of, oh, you know, me too, or my sister or my friend or my brother's girl, yeah. whatever. You know, it's, oh, and so it really, really, really is creating connection. And look, the fact of the matter is, whatever your story is, we are all humans. And so most of our stories are in some level relatable, right? They're like, whatever your version of it is, there's something about it that another human being is going to be able to connect to and relate to. And that level of connection, like all the rules around what business is supposed to look like in competition, like goes out the window and becomes mm. relevant. Absolutely. There are some people that regardless of what they're offering, I'm their customer for life because I yeah. love them. And I resonate with a story or I get them or I want to hear from them or I love how they deliver it or, but it's them. It's not necessarily the product. It's not necessarily the, the execution of it or the experience or the degree they've got. It's about the fact that they spoke in a way that I can get and that I can resonate with. And that is open enough for me to go, oh yeah, you know, I've had that experience or I love the fact that you're open about it. Okay, so I'm really conscious of your time, and this has just been such such a good conversation. Keep going, honestly, and me. I just looked at the time, and I was like, "Jeez, what is the time?" Like, and then I thought, "Did we start like like later than we did?" No, no, we've been talking for quite a while. Um, This is just typical me, by the way. Um, So, the one last thing I want to ask is: Did you say that you remarket to people once they've booked? Yes. So, I want to just like put this out there before you answer this. In one way, in my head, I'm like, well, why would you do that? Because they've booked. You've got them to do the goal that you want them to do. And I know whatever reason you're going to give me, I'm going to go genius. But I, I, I want people to think I am thinking that too, if you're thinking that listening to this. Because ordinarily, you wouldn't necessarily spend money to, to someone that you've got to do the thing yeah. you want them to do. So yeah. what's your but thinking behind that? Remember, we're just, we just were talking about, you know, getting somebody to book is not the end all be all. Everybody else forgets about the space between when they book yeah. and when they get on the call. And then even the space after where they're making their decision, because I never push a hard sell over the phone. It's just not my no. style. No, like no, give no. people, you know, 48 hours to 72 hours. Um, and so it's, it's hardly over when they booked, hardly. Um, and you know, for me, it's, it's actually not just the people who book with me. Um, it's, if you have any touch point with me on the internet, I will then follow you around the internet until you die. I love it. that's my, <laughs> um, I mean, I literally that will be on your, it. on your headstone. She yeah. follows you around the internet. Like, until she, like and if you want to see it, literally go to my website and watch, like I will be, every, I will be every time you open up 
your internet browser, Facebook, Instagram, articles. I will be there. There will be my face. It'll be like me in this robe also like sitting at the <laughs> Uh, you know, giving a lesson about, you know, something or a picture of my cat. Um, and again, it just continues to, by the way, I don't spend a lot of money on that because to create everywhereness for a small mm-hmm. audience is actually not that expensive. So I usually, well, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. That was the other thing I was going to ask actually is Facebook likes big audiences. So because I know, again, people are sat, might be sat here thinking, well, you know, I might not have many calls and will that remarketing ad work? But let's be completely honest here. Even if you're taking calls all day, every day, that is still not a massive audience. And you should, and again, I like to retarget anybody that has had a touch point with me. So yeah. that includes the people who have booked as well as all website visitors, anyone that engages with me on Instagram, anyone that engages with me on Facebook, anyone that watches any of my videos, anyone on my email list. Like once you're in my world, you can't, you can't forget me. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I don't, I, you know, look, there's a certain, you're right. There would be a certain st- size of business where if they had enough volume, it might make sense to just yeah. do it specifically for the people who have booked. But I, I don't make things more complicated than they need to be. Like, here's the mm-hmm. truth. There are aspects of this system that could be that, that I do in a way where it's just like, okay, this is good enough. It's not like perfect. It's not like, oh, let me make sure the ads stop when they sign on with me. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like not worth yeah. all the extra effort. The fact of the matter is I create everywhereness. People see me everywhere from the first touch point they've had with me. I mean, mm-hmm. I've even had like on a dating app, a guy like ask for my Instagram and then come back two days later and be like, your ads are literally stalking me all over the internet. And I'm thinking, this is side service I should offer. Like, yeah. like make your dates obsessed with you. Like, is this <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That is hilarious. I love that. I love that. That is so funny. So funny. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was, but I was just, just to make it really clear at any given time, it's usually about 10 different pieces of content or ads or posts. Um, and I will spend anywhere from one to $2 a day on each one. So we're talking about sometimes literally $10 a day to create true everywhereness where nobody's consciously thinking Oh, she's everywhere, like just for me. They're like, How is she everywhere? She must really know what she's doing. She must that's the other thing, because obviously you are promoting and selling ads. And so you want them to be like, I've seen your ad everywhere. Because it's like, well, what if that was you and your customers? Yeah, it's wild sometimes that I'm like having a sales call with somebody who came in on that funnel and we're going to build the same funnel for them. And I'm telling them about and it's like total inception of like, I don't know what level I'm at anymore. No, I, honestly, I do that all the time. I'll go and speak on a stage when I could and go, and you need to offer a lead magnet or da da da. And at the end of this, I'm going to offer you a lead magnet and you're going to watch the process in real life. Yes. Like, yes. I am doing exactly what I'm going to tell you to do, yes. which is why I'm telling you because it works for me. So yes. it, it is funny. It is a bit like a surreal world you're in as you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, right honestly so to, just really quickly just one more question this is like yeah, I'm no literally problem. I don't think I've made so many notes ever so yeah. your remarketing ads are they all value are they just fun are they I mean we're gonna see them because I'm gonna 
stalk you a little bit and then wait for the ads to come in, which this is what I do on my downtime because I am that sad. I really do need to get a hobby. But luckily, my hobby drinking gin, I can do while stalking. That's amazing. And looking at people's ads, screenshotting. Like if you You could see my phone. Let's be honest. Well, to be honest, I am winning. I am winning. I live the dream. People wish they could be me. And my phone it. is full of screenshot ads or screenshot funnels or screenshot <laughs> on pages. Honestly, we need to get out more. That's all we need to do. Um, so yeah, so what kind of things are you putting up as your ads to like get yeah. to know you better? It's the four messaging buckets. Always go back Brilliant. to the four messaging buckets. So look, there are definitely, you'll definitely see some of the stuff that you would expect, right? A video of me, you know, talking about how we troubleshoot a client's webinar ads and funnel, right? So like the, the normal stuff. Because again, I don't want people to lose the fact that I know what I'm doing. Like let's, I don't want to yeah. get too far into, I'm fun and I curse and I have cats. And then they're like, yeah. okay, Steve. So, so Can we you actually do the job? Well. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I, 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 know, I know what the hell I'm doing. Um, so, so that there, you'll see some of that there. But then you'll also see, you know, one of my like top performing posts ever is, um, last year for uh, October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we wrote a pretty large check. Um, and I took a photo of that check and posted, you know, a long story of like, just, oh my, like, I can't believe I get to do this. That like nine yeah, years ace. ago, my life was one thing. And now I get to, and that one is really, really popular. Um, like I said, there are also literally just like my, my cat who's laying on my desk next to me right now will sometimes lay across my laptop with like Facebook ads on the back. And I'm like, oh, this is a perfect picture, you know? And yeah. so it's like cute stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's it's a little Amazing. bit of everything. And always, 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 like even in my videos, um, you know, there's a video that actually starts out with me, like looking confused. And I'm like, I was just looking for my phone, but it, I'm, I'm recording on it. Brilliant. So that's where... It is. So it's like, it's totally off the cuff. I never dressed by the way. Like I live in pajamas. That's my life. <laughs> I don't do my hair or do your makeup. Like this, this, hello, this is me. And whether I'm talking about, you know, our charity work or Facebook ads or something fun with my cats, like that is there. Yeah. For it. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, I, do you know what? Because you are very honest, and I am very honest too. We are so very similar. And I looked at when when I first looked at you as a guest, and and they sent me kind of ideas of what you could talk about. And I was like, she doesn't like lead magnets. I don't think I want this woman on my podcast. But the funny thing is, like, like I said, that I love when people challenge me. I love when I don't know something. And I've been in marketing like 16 flipping years. I got a degree in it. It's, I, I've done this a while. Yeah. And I, and I learned constantly. I was on a webinar last night just watching something just to see if I could pick up something new or, yeah. you know. So I certainly do not think I know it all by any stretch of the imagination. But I just love the fact of hearing what people do and how it works for them. And, and, and just even if you take a few things from this, there is so much I can take from this. The fact of the sheer being everywhere, I need to get better mm-hmm. at that. I need to get better at like just popping up around the place, but also yeah. not feeling like I've got to add some value every single time, you yeah. know, and not feeling like I've got to do 
you know, some crazy video about how to launch something that I can just focus more on the me and who I am and what I do and that sort of thing. So, and I, and I know that there's going to be so many people listening to this, like I said, we'll get lots of people that are social media freelancers, social media managers, that this actually for them is going to work an absolute treat. So perfect. And let me just also just tie up just, you know, because we do obviously want to talk about results. I realized I just didn't actually mention this. Um, so in the last, right, because I get so excited talking about all this. I know. Stuff. And I, did, I didn't care almost. <laughs> and at the end of the day, right, like, again, there's merit to the fact that it feels good. And I, you know, I'm closing yeah, sales, but, but the numbers at the end of the day, over the last five months, I've spent about $9,000 on these ads. And we've closed about $230,000 in business, cash in hand as a direct result that doesn't factor in renewals. So there's, we're going to get well into you know, three, 400, depending on how long people stay on with us. I mean, potentially even more. Um, it's, it's, I mean, come on, that's easy money. That's putting right. a dollar into Facebook ads and making like 23 to 24 back every single time. And it's not like it happened once. I really, really waited until I had like, you know, a solid three to four months of data to be able to say, this wasn't a fluke. This actually does work. And it works. Amazing. Absolutely fabulous. I have really enjoyed that. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on. I will obviously link up to everything in the show notes. I'll put everything in there and all the links. I advise you, now if I thought there was a way that I could apply and watch your email funnel without actually having to put the call, which obviously is going to be really difficult because you're like, I know who you are and I don't think you're my customer because I wouldn't be an agency's customer because obviously we do our own ads. And like, Honestly, or I if do. you really wanted to book and cancel, i give you full <laughs> permission. Uh, do you know what? Uh, you if you that. cancel, <laughs> the sequence will still deliver. So you could still be inside the whole process. Feel free. Honestly, honestly, but I advise everybody to go and take a look at this because I think this is just brilliant. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and I love this episode. Thank you so Yay, much. Me too. Thank you so much. What did you think? I really enjoyed that. I thought she was such great fun and I loved the strategy. I think if I was still managing the agency side or still trying to grow that side, I would definitely, definitely consider what she said. I thought she made some great points in terms of getting people converted. I thought that was awesome. Anyway, I'm going to leave you to it for this week. Thank you so much for listening as always. If you get chance and you have not yet done so, I would love a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would be so very kind of you. And if you want a screenshot and tag me in Insta Story, I will happily and be delighted to share that with my audience. Okay, guys, have a fabulous week and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do go check out TeresaHeathWearing.com where you'll find more amazing content to help you grow your business.